Thank you, Tim. What a beautiful prayer. Morning, Olive Tree, and morning to all of those who are watching online. I get my eyes on. <laughs> so today I'm going to talk about why worry. And uh, the, the scripture is actually, let not your heart be troubled. Um, I know as the year comes to an end, it feels like we're living on fast forward. Everything goes faster and everything's just more pressurized. And I think we all can do with a little bit of less pressure at the end of, especially in this time. Um, I want to start by saying, I'm actually preaching to myself today. So if you get anything out of it, that's a bonus. I particularly love to worry for the A-team. I don't know if any of you are like me from time to time. Who loves to worry? Oh, thank goodness. I'm so glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> and then God would have it to give me a husband that doesn't worry. <laughs> His motto is that don't worry, God will make a way. God will provide. And then he turns over and he goes to sleep. And that just makes me so mad. Because I know that for the next hour, I'm going to be lying there worrying all by myself. And to worry on your own is no fun. We want to have somebody worry with us. We want everybody to be upset with us. Come on, the problems are solved. Get into it with us. So in John 14, verse 1, the word says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And in Psalm 37, verse 8, the word says, Do not fret, it only causes harm. Do not fret, it only causes harm. And again in John 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So, you know, uh, I'm going to give you five good reasons today not to worry at the end. And I'm hoping that you will just even remember one, so that when the worry comes upon you, you can call on it and it can just be done with in that moment. Proverbs 14 verse 30 says, A sound heart is life to the body. A sound heart gives life to the body. So in the same way, if we're troubled, it actually takes away life out of our body. And in that verse that it says, Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid, it made me realize that that word let is really a decision that we have. We've got a part to play in it. It's a decision that we have to make, that I'm not going to allow myself to be troubled. So uh, we can't wait for a feeling to come. You know, we can't wait for, wait for the right moment. Okay, now I'm ready to let, my, let not my heart be troubled. And, and you know, sometimes when you feel so, so wound up and so under pressure, I just normally sigh. Let's sigh. All sigh with me. <gasps> Doesn't it feel great? <laughs> just allowing yourself that moment, just to take a moment, just to take a deep breath. Somebody once said to me that every time you sigh, it is the Holy Spirit reminding you to pray. So next time when you sigh, say, thank you. Yes, Lord, I give my troubles to you. Thank you for reminding me to cast my cares upon you. There's a very famous or well-known Christian psychologist, Dr. Caroline Leaf. I don't know who of you know of her or have heard of her. Very wise woman. She says, experiencing anxiety is a human condition. Every human being will experience anxiety from time to time. And it's almost uh, like your body is a pressure cooker. And when that, you feel that anxiety, it's a sign, it's a warning signal that you're undergoing too much pressure. Um, I remember my mom had a pressure cooker. It's a big gray pot like this, and you lock it like that. <laughs> and it's got a little silver thingy on the top that goes, shh. <laughs> 
Do you know? Do you know? You're too young. So uh, we, in those days, not so long ago, a couple of weeks ago, we <laughs> you could never could buy caramel. We had to make the caramel. So you put the condensed milk in the pressure cooker and you lock it. And I think it took like three and a half hours, maybe four hours. The longest three and a half hours of your life, okay, to wait for that caramel to come out. But we would hear that sound like the whole time while this thing is busy cooking away. And that is really what anxiety is. It's really your body and your mind saying to you, hey, hold on. You probably have got something major going on at the moment. Or you've probably got just too much going on. And you know those thoughts that can be so paralyzing, they're so real. But when we take it as a good warning sign, as something good instead of, she says it's not a, a disease of the brain. It's actually a signal. It's a warning sign to say, hold on, take a moment, take a pause, see what's going on. See what's going on inside of you. See what's going on around you. The word says that trials will come. So if we pray a prayer to say, Lord, please fix all my problems and may I never ever have problems ever again, it's really, uh, there's no use in that. Because we all will face trials. Not one of us is exempt. Everybody around the world will face trials. But he says, when we face trials, when we go through trouble, it is to keep our hearts at peace. And we as children of the Most High God have that as a gift from Jesus. He says, my give, I give, my peace I give unto you. So, and that is our strength and our weapon of how to get through our trials, how to get through our trouble, is to stay in that peace and not let our hearts be troubled. Let's read out of Philippians 4, from verse 4 to 7. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, or your phones, or you can just follow. I'll start at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. I'm just going to pause there for a moment and give you a bit of a side note. Um, That gentleness, let your gentleness be made known to all men. You know, when you're faced with a problem, when somebody throws that crisis at you and immediately your heart grips like that, to answer them in a gentle way immediately brings down the temperature in the room. It is such good advice to really, I'm still a work in progress. I really am trying, you know, the Lord only by his spirit. (laughs) Because it's really hard not to react in that defensive mode or in crisis mode or immediately just feeling that fear come upon you. Be anxious for nothing. The word says nothing, and nothing means nothing. Whether it's your ingrown toenail or whether it is your bank overdraft, be anxious for nothing, the small, the big, the everything all together. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be, known, let your request be made known to God. So with thanksgiving. When we're saying, Lord, please, will you help me in this? Please, I give you this. Please, I need you so. Now, I don't know where to go, how to go forward in this. But thank you. I remember how good you are. I remember when you came through for me in the past. I thank you that you brought me through that trial. I thank you that you answered that prayer before. So yes, Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Please help me in this moment. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts. His peace. Jesus is the giver of our peace. And that is the peace that will guard your heart. That is the the peace that will keep your heart calm and not not let it be troubled. And your mind through Christ Jesus. You know, the enemy doesn't like it when we make progress. Especially when we make progress, progress with God. It really frustrates him. And he, the quickest way of slowing that progress down is to make us be worried. 
to make us be troubled. Because what we do in that moment, we actually shift our eyes off Jesus and our troubles become our focus point. And, uh, you know, we cannot do it out of our own. We cannot let not our hearts be troubled out of our own. We, it's only by the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And although uh, in our own willpower, we can only accomplish so much, but our will does play a part. It is, it's a decision that we have to make. God's given us a free will, and he says it's a decision Trust in me. It's a decision to put down that worry and to choose to trust in me. Delight in the Lord. The word says so that we must be trusting him and delight in him. Not just trusting, but make him our delight. The longer we have a relationship with Jesus, the easier it becomes not to be worried. But when we first start our walk with him, we're still learning about the goodness of God. We're still learning about his faithfulness, that he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that I will work all things to your good. But when we start to get a deeper relationship with him, we get to know God. We get to know that he is faithful, that he does care for us. Paul said that the purpose of his life is to get to know God is to get to know the power of the resurrection of Jesus. And he knows that God will deliver him from every evil. There's power in his resurrection. He died for us on the cross, not only to save our souls, but to give us that kingdom, his kingdom to come inside of us. That peace and that joy is our portion. It's his free gift to us. And it's for us to actually receive it and accept it and say, thank you, Lord, for this gift, this free gift of your peace and your joy that you've deposited inside of me. Christ in me the cornerstone of my faith, the hope of my salvation. He's really our strength. Peter, my husband, has a sticker on the back of his car that says, I feel lacquer. <laughs> I'm feeling lacquer, yes. So Bella and I actually bought it for him because he always gets up in the morning and says, I'm feeling lacquer. So <laughs> I know that from a child, Peter's uh, granny used to say to him, don't worry, God will provide. And that sentence, that line, has stuck with him all throughout his life. And truth is, what is not the, whatever the situation is, whatever the trouble is, whether it's financial, whether it's sickness, whether it's just worry and troubles, he will always say, don't worry, God will provide. And that blind trust, I truly think, is the key to his peace. I believe that is the reason why he can put his head on a pillow and two minutes later he's snoring. Okay, he's not snoring. <laughs> heavy breathing. <laughs> he has the heavy breathing within two minutes of put his head on the pillow. And guys, how envious I can be of that sleep sometimes. Maybe I must get a sticker for my car too. <laughs> but the word says, cast your cares upon the Lord. And, um, yeah, and do not let your hearts be troubled when we cast our cares. I used to love to calculate things. I used to make budgets for five years in advance at least because I like to know how it's all going to turn out, you know, and my lists will have lists, and I will add it up and add it up, and I don't know if I think every time I add it up, I'm going to get a different result. The total's always the same. <laughs> but I would literally torment myself like this and thank the Lord he's told me to put it down. I don't think I've ever seen Peter make a list, just by the way. He said to me, let it down, let it go. It's good to plan, and it's good to have a budget. But once you've done it, say, put your hand in and say, you know what, Lord, bless my budget. You know my needs. Uh, help me to steward it well. I hand it over to you. The dictionary says to worry is to give way to anxiety and unease. 
to allow your mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles, to brood over or overthink an issue. Whew, I'm so guilty of that. How I can overthink it. How I can think of all the different scenarios of the different outcomes it could possibly have, and none of them are good. And this last one I really love. Worry also means to torment yourself. Isn't that just so true? We literally torment ourselves. And you know what? The enemy is just running all the way to the bank because he is the tormentor. It's his job to come and torment us. So when he sees me worrying, adding up, listening, uh, eating too much chocolate forever, whatever it is that I do in that moment, he says, there she goes. My job's done. Whew, she's tormenting herself. I don't even have to bother with her today. I can go and bother somebody else. Job done. Guard your heart. The word says, don't let upsetting feelings and thoughts get into your heart. If they do, in that moment, recognize them, cast them down, wrong thoughts. In that moment, purposely think of all the good God has done for you before. Purposely think of when he healed my child, when he made that financial trouble disappear like mist to the sun, when he delivered me from asthma, when I was so troubled and he sent that one person to come and help me. Sometimes we worry about our past. And there's nothing we can do about the past. And sometimes our past is such a mess that we think, you know what, Lord, only you can really solve it. But it's a good thing that we look at our past and say, yes, we've learned that from it. But then put it down. Put it down at the foot of the cross and say, you know what, Lord, you come and fix it. You come and show me. You come and have your way. And, you know, in that moment, the, the tendency is to, to work out almost a scenario how God should fix it. You know what, Lord, if you just change that to that angle, then I can possibly have that outcome and that will be good. <laughs> or if you can just turn those circumstances around, then you know what, it can turn out that way and that will also be good. It's, it's like we're saying to God, I actually have a better way than your way. Let me still help you because I'm not sure if you can do a good enough job. And you know, he knows all the details. He knows the past. He knows the end. He knows all the facts that you don't even know. You only know what you see and what you hear. Your knowledge is so limited, but he knows the end from the beginning, and he loves it for us to depend on him completely, to actually let go and let God. I'm sure you've heard that saying many a time. Let go and let God. 1 Peter 5 verse 7, casting all our cares upon him, for he cares for you. We have a father who cares for us. He cares about our troubles. He cares about the trial that we go through. And if you might feel like, oh, Lord, I don't know if I can trust you. It's too big. I don't know. I, I just, you know, I might have to help you in this. Thank the goodness that God is so patient with us. He actually leads us, and he never leaves us or forsakes us. He reminds us again in Psalm 55, verse 22, cast your burdens on the Lord. You know, guys, ultimately everything works out fantastically well. What we have to go through to get to the working out well part. We don't know. But we know that he's going to carry us through it. He's going to be there with us in it. And we're going to come out the other end victorious. We get to spend eternity with him, our father, in heaven. What a glorious future to look forward to. Billy Graham says, don't fear the future. God is already in it. Let go of the future. It belongs to the Lord. It's not for us to plot and plan. Some, some other clever, clever sayings that I really like is from Joyce Meyer. I'm going to read this to you slowly. Stop worrying about what can go wrong and get excited about what can go right. 
Worry doesn't take away tomorrow's troubles, but it takes away today's strength. Tomorrow has got troubles of its own. Worrying about tomorrow doesn't fix the problems, but it takes away your power and your peace and your joy for today, so you can't enjoy the moment that you have. If you think too much, you'll create a problem that was, that was never there to start off with. And that's so me. I can think myself into another hole altogether. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but you know, you almost start creating different scenarios. And the outcome is always just wayward. Let it go. Just let it go. When you worry, you use your imagination to create something you don't want. And our imagination is a gift from God. That's the space where we, he, he gives us a gift of creativity. And that's the space where we meet with him. It's a very powerful thing. He says, I'll give you more than what you can imagine. So when we start imagining these terrible outcomes, oh, what if this or uh, what if that or what if that one never forgives me, it's, we are starting to create something we never wanted. The last one, worrying is more tiring than a full day's work. Isn't that so true? I'd rather go have a full day's work than have one hour worrying. It's just exhausting. Guys, I had COVID last month, September. I think probably all of you know. But for you girls who were there last Saturday, sorry, you have to listen to it again. <laughs> um, so in September, uh, I got COVID. And, but prior to that, all my life, I suffered with asthma. So if you know me, you will know that I always have an asthma pump on hand. I'm always sucking in an asthma pump. I always have to have someone in my car. During the night, the wheezing will wake me up, and I will always have to have a pump on hand so I can come back to work. It's just a nightmare. But it's been like that from birth. And about a year ago, Ross prayed for, over me. A very simple prayer. I think it was three sentences, all in all. But in that moment, Jesus delivered me of asthma. Completely free of asthma. I never had a wheeze. I never had to buy another pump. The amount of money I've saved since then, not having to buy asthma pumps, has been fantastic. <laughs> But an absolute miracle of being completely delivered from it. So it's been now almost a year later, and here I get COVID. And I now have to tell all my friends, look, guys, I'm positive. Now what? So they all go. The first thing is like, uh, ooh, but you're so old. And oh, you have asthma. And then I'll go, uh, oh, you're really doomed. And, but they don't say it in those words, but you can read it. You know, you can hear what they are saying. But basically, that's what they're trying to say. And then first of all, I say, I'm not that old, okay? <laughs> Just for the record, you might think I'm old. Trust me, I'm not, as old as, uh, I'm not that old. Secondly, I do not have asthma. The Lord delivered me and healed me from it a year ago. I have not had a wheeze. I haven't had a symptom. I am completely free. So whatever you are saying, no, 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 but you with your past, you know, with your history. So you are so doomed. And you know, and they say, well, thank you for the call anyway. Uh, bye. Uh, I'll speak to you when I'm feeling better then. <laughs> and then the nighttime would come. And although I, I believe I have a good, strong faith, okay, most of the time, uh, that evening would come and then I will start, those seeds were sown. And I will start thinking, but what if the... What if the COVID goes to my lungs? Oh dear, what if the asthma comes back? What if I have to go to hospital? What if I have to go on a ventilator? Oh, I don't want a ventilator. What if I die? What's going to happen to Bella? She's so young. And I would sit and listen to my, my own breathing in bed. And I'd go, thank goodness there's not a wheeze, no wheezing. Thank you, Lord, no wheeze. I would freak myself out so much with all these negative thoughts that I 
can't even go to sleep. I literally had to put like crime and investigation program just to take my mind off it so that I wouldn't listen to my own breathing. And in the morning, the first breath, I take, <sighs> no wheezing. Oh, thank you, Lord, still no wheezing. <laughs> and you know what, guys, just for the record, none of those symptoms ever happened. The asthma never came back. The COVID never went to my lungs. I never got, it, it was just basically a blocked nose. But all those fearful thoughts had me so paralyzed. It had me in so much torment that even by day seven, day eight, you know when you've got COVID, I don't know, some of you might have had, you count your days. So like every day it's like, oh, I'm still alive. <laughs> so when you get to day nine, it's like, yay, I'm over the first week and I'm finding every, hey, I'm on day eight, I'm on day nine, listen to me, I'm still hanging in. <laughs> oh, no, 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 wait, day nine, new set of symptoms are coming. Wait, you'll see it, you'll get it now. Wait, it's coming, now it's coming today. So today, because you know what, that's just what it is now. It's like a new, whole new sickness you're getting from today. And I go, oh, Lord, please, I can't. It can't even me. So by about that second week, a deep depression came over me. So bad that I would open my Bible to read, and I'll read one verse, and it just wouldn't go in. It's like I got nothing out of it. And I would pray, and, and, and when I get to the second sentence, it's like I'm thinking about, oh, but my work, I haven't been to work for so long. What if, Lord, what if? It's like I just couldn't, I really lost my connection with the Lord. And, and in fact, it was so bad that I eventually just stopped trying. I just thought, you know what? It's not working. It's not, I'm just going to lie here and wait and see what happens. And even in that time, I got so down that I said, you know what, Lord, if I have to go through these types of attacks, I'm not doing anything in ministry anymore. I, I don't want the devil to come and plague me like this. I can really do without this. You know what? I, I don't think it's worth it. By that Sunday, day 13, day 14, uh, I'm still lying in bed, and Peter comes and puts the, the church service on for me on YouTube so I can watch it while I'm lying in bed. And I wasn't particularly excited about it because I just thought, you know, I'm so tired. I can't even sing. But let's just see. Put it on anyway, love. Um, I might stay awake through it. So I'm lying in bed, I think my eyes are half closed, I'm open, and I hear Ross's voice. And he says, Church, we, we've been through so much, we need new wine. And I said, yes, Lord, of course I need new wine. Can't you see how I'm lying here? Of course it is what I need, I need new wine. And I'm not talking about a bottle of wine. That will give you a hangover and make you feel terrible. <laughs> new wine means a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. That he will come and he will restore and he'll break those yokes of the enemy. Because it's the Spirit of God that breaks the yokes and that comes and brings freedom. And it's the Spirit of God, the precious Spirit of Jesus Christ, that comes inside of us and restores us and builds up, up and heals us in his power. There's nothing other that's going to heal us and deliver us and set us free like that power of the Holy Spirit. So, yes, Lord, I need new wine. So, Ross says, well, uh, as a bride, let's repent. And I'm going, I don't need to repent. I've got nothing to repent about. What have I done wrong? I'm just lying in bed here. And he says, you know what, I don't know how you feel like you're going to repent. You might want to stand. You might want to kneel down. But let's pray together, and I will lead you in a prayer. You can just stand in agreement. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit said to me, get out of bed. And I rolled out of bed, literally, onto the carpet, on my knees. And I'm like, this is my head on the, on the carpet. And even in that position, I'm still thinking, repent of what? <laughs> but anyway, I'm here. You told me to do it. I'm here now. So as Ross starting to pray, he says, oh, the Holy Spirit reminds me. And he says to me, repent of all the fear that you partnered with. Repent of making fear your faith. 
Repent of all that self-pity. Repent of believing the lies of the enemy and let it get a grip on you. Repent. And as I'm saying, I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry. The tears are rolling down my face. And I said, of course, Lord, I'll do whatever you put in front of me, Lord. I'll go where you send it. Of course, I'm going to serve you, Lord. Of course, whatever you say, Father. And in that moment, the joy came. I started to laugh. Now, you know when you laugh and you cry at the same time, it's quite messy. It's not a good look. But I tell you guys, it is glorious. Absolutely glorious. Because that night, I realized that something had broken off me. I realized that my hope was restored. I realized that, you know what, tomorrow's going to be a good day. And I think I went back to work two days later. So God is so faithful. He has got such patience with us. I'm going to give you five good reasons to not to worry. And even if you just remember one, it's going to help you, okay? I'm going to go through them slowly. It is totally useless, and it doesn't change anything. The word says a man cannot add a cubit to his stature by worrying. A man, another version of the Bible says, another translation says, it, it, you cannot add one hour to your life by worrying. Point number two, worrying steals your joy. Point number three, it is the opposite of trusting God. Our time is too important to worry. We don't have time to waste like that. We've got to get on with enjoying our lives. Number four, it is sin. Romans 4, verse 23, whatever is not of faith, from faith, is sin. Worrying is the opposite of faith. Unless you can worry in faith. I've tried, it doesn't work. Number five, last one, it does not fix anything. It is pride. We think we can solve our problems better than the Lord. Humble yourselves and trust in God. When we pray, we can know that our answer is on its way. Mark 11 verse 24 says, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted to you, and you will get it. Oh, what a promise. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted to you, and you will get it. So first we see, first we believe, and then we receive And you know, it will be amazing if we receive five minutes later when we first start believing. But what if it's five years later? What if it's ten years later? The Lord says, be steadfast in your faith. Be steadfast. Be patient. There's no point in stressing about the past. Learn what we need to learn from it and be determined to have a good life. We can decide today, I am determined to have a good life. You know, we're allowed to have joy even though our problem is not solved. We can be in the storm, but the storm doesn't have to be in us. Jesus is the giver of our faith. His kingdom come in us, his peace, his joy. And it's so important that we get with him first thing in the morning. In my work, I deal with China. So when I wake up in the morning, it's already lunchtime over there. And I know that probably on my phone or on my email, the answers are already there from yesterday's worries and troubles and questions, all the answers I need. And it's so tempting to pick up that phone and just see, hey, what did they say? Or, oh, I hope it's solved. Or, but I literally have to resist it and get with Jesus first. 
I have to have that time with him first, just putting my, and delighting myself in him, really imagining that he's sitting with me on that couch. I sometimes hold his hands and I kiss his hands and I see the scars in his hands. I put my cheek on his feet and I just want like a little bit of his blood just to come off on my feet. I know I only need one drop of his blood to protect me. And just delight myself in him, get into the word, get into prayer. And just, you know, when I give that day to him like that, I know he's going to take care of the rest. And guys, whenever I've given up that time with him, I never get it back the same way during the day. It is so precious to me. So get with him first thing in the morning. Are you ready to draw a line in the sand today? To let go and let God. To not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. But we can enjoy the last couple of months of this year. Let's, let's decide today, we're going to have a good life today. We're going to have joy. And Lord, yes, you know the details of my problems. You know everything. You know way more than me. I'm going to choose today to put my trust in you completely. I'm going to take that issue and I'm going to put it at the foot of the cross. And I'm going to walk around and say, yes, Father, that's yours. I give you room to move. You come and solve it. You know better anyway. Are you ready? Shall we pray? Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Father, that you are the giver of our peace and of our joy. Thank you, Jesus, that we know that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Lord, that we know that you work all things to our good, Father. Lord, we just want to repent this morning. We want to say we're sorry where we believe the lies of the enemy. We're sorry where worry and fear became our faith. Establish in us a new portion, a fresh, new, strong portion, gift of faith inside of us today, Lord, by your Spirit. Father, we just surrender all to you that's been troubling us. We put it at the foot of the cross and we choose today, Lord, to have a good life with you. We choose today to walk in your joy. Let your joy be our strength. Thank you, Jesus, that you are so faithful. Thank you that you love us, that you care for us, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. That's all, folks. Go have a glorious week. Go have a glorious end of the year. All the way to 2022. (laughs) God bless.